This is Casey Powell with Thompson & Associates, and uh, we're continuing our conversation with Tom Cullinan. Uh, in a previous podcast, we talked about the different types of property, and, and uh, Tom uh, gave a great explanation of that. And uh, so, so we welcome Tom this morning. Tom has joined Thompson & Associates in 2013 as a senior vice president. Uh, he's worked for over 20 years in the nonprofit world as a fundraiser, as a consultant, and specializing in plan giving, and uh, just an incredible professional. And we are honored that uh, he's joined us this uh, joined us today to talk about property and uh, share his wisdom with us. So, Tom, thank you and welcome. Hello again, Casey. Good to uh, talk with you as always. Well, as, as as we continue this conversation about property, I wanted to talk more specifically about joint ownership. So when somebody owns property and they're not the only ones that own it, uh, you know, some of the ways that that joint ownership can be and, and some of the consequences and, and what are the ramifications of that. So, so to start out with, just what are some ways that two or more people can own property? Uh, you know, I have to go back to my law school days when I learned about property, and I remember learning that to own something, uh, to have complete ownership, or what they called perfect ownership, it meant that there were no deficiencies, that you had the ability to possess that property, you had the right of possession, and, and the right to use that property as you see fit. And there are three main ways that we tend to see that, although there are more, but three, three that stand out. One is joint tenancy, which means that two or more persons uh, have a single, uh, what's known as a fee simple estate. They own the entirety of that property for life or maybe for years um, that comes out of their purchase of that property or uh, being given that property by someone else. In a joint tenancy, they have an undivided interest in the whole property. So there's no proportional interest. Each joint tenant uh, has an undivided interest in the entire property. And their rights are attached to the rights of the other owners in that uh, undivided interest. That, that, that attachment of those rights uh, is a right of survivorship. So the fact that somebody who is a joint tenant is deceased uh, does not change the rights of the other owners. They all the survivors still have an undivided interest uh, uh, in that property under joint tenancy. The second one we see, although somewhat less common, would be known as the tenancy in common. Again, it's two or more persons, and they have an undivided interest in the whole, but there is no right of survivorship. If one of the deceased tenants in common passes away, their interest goes to their estate, or eventually to their heirs. So there's unity of possession by these tenants in common, and yet each one has a separate and distinct title. It goes to whomever they designate as opposed to survivorship interest as with a joint tenancy. The third more common one that I've seen is community property where property is owned by a husband and wife, and each spouse has an undivided one-half interest in the marital estate. And so in certain jurisdictions in this country, um, 
their property is considered a one-half undivided interest uh, in that property between them. Uh, and that, that follows under certain uh, jurisdictions in the United States under, under state law. And generally speaking, I mean, the, the, as far as community property, it's, I think there's maybe eight or nine states that, that have community property. The majority of states don't have the community property laws, and so they would be, by default, either the joint tenancy or tenancy in common. Is that right? Yes, basically. Yeah, there, I think you're right. I think it's eight or nine different jurisdictions, uh, generally in the in the South and the West, that uh, are common law jurisdictions. So, uh, you know, if you live in a common law state, or your advisor uh, knows how how that's handled. And if if you move to one, if you move to uh, Texas or Louisiana, for example, that are community property states, you can still keep your uh, husband and wife estates separate uh, for, for their purposes. So it's, it's a good idea if you have property sketched in different jurisdictions, you live and have multiple residences that you seek advice to make sure that uh, you know what ownership interest you truly have before you think too deeply about how you're going to give it away. That's one of the things that your uh, legal advisor is going to guide you through in the whole estate planning process. Well, yeah, that's that brings up a great question. Is I mean, I think you know we think about property and owning land in other states, but but you know, how can I tell how a, a property that I own, you know, what what type of uh, ownership it falls into? Would it um, if I if I own it with someone else? Uh, and let's say it's it's an account. So how could I tell um, on that account what? Uh, how that would be, um, how, how that is owned? Well, usually uh, an account will be uh, styled, for example, a bank account will, will indicate that you uh, own it as joint tenants or the, the account papers are, are listed that way, uh, or the registration of, of real estate, for example, will, be, will show that in, those, in, in the deed. So that's really a job for the executor or administrator of the estate or the, uh, your legal advisor as you're looking at your assets to make sure that you, you understand uh, the ramifications of, of owning it. You know, um, so that's, that's just a question that needs some investigation before you take a full inventory of what you own and, and do estate planning or decide to, to give a particular piece of uh, property uh, to uh, children or grandchildren, for example. Yeah, so, so it sounds like that you know it's it's very specific to each asset how how they could be transferred. So, uh, in other words, if if somebody has a will and says I want I want to leave everything to uh, this person, uh, is that going to be effective? Uh, automatically effective where everything that I own would automatically go uh, to the person I, I name in my will. It, it's interesting uh, that you bring that up because that's that's the assumption and yet I've heard attorneys refer to the idea of, of joint tenancy as a will substitute. The fact that you own something as a joint tenant means that the survivorship interest automatically goes to uh, that person um, which uh, could be mentioned redundantly in a will, but may may not be uh, 
The will may not be the controlling document there. It may have already moved out of the estate by uh, operation of your death. And uh, while it's included, your interest is included in your estate for tax purposes, you've already made that determination ahead of time by the way you titled the property on, on who gets the survivorship interest. So, it just points out how important it is to, to get good advice uh, going into it so you don't get unintended consequences down the line. Yeah, so absolutely. So so what are the are some different uh, some, some different ways that ownership can be transferred at death? Um, well, there are really three ways. Um, by will, by operation of law, and by uh, some kind of written instrument uh, other than, than will. If you transfer it by will, the will basically goes through a probate uh, process uh, validated by a court. The property that's owned by the person who has died is administered along with all of their debts and other obligations and, and managed and adjudicated under state law. And then through the order of the court, title then passes to uh, those who are inheriting it. And they're registering their new ownership. Basically, they either take the will or uh, a notice from the executor to present to whoever they're uh, registering that and put it in the name uh, as, as a, through the operation of the will. When I say that the property can be transferred uh, by operation of law, what I really mean there is for people who die without a valid will, um, if, if they have an estate and they haven't got joint ownership or, or things that would automatically take care of it, then the state has uh, that statutory plan to distribute it to their descendants. Uh, a judge looks that over, and the judge's order becomes evidence of the title there. And of course, just an, an aside, no charitable gift can come through uh, this method where somebody dies intestate because charities are not considered uh, for that, which is why we make it a, a, such a priority to make sure people do have a will or a trust or some other operation to, to satisfy their uh, charitable objectives at death. The, other, the third way is using a contract or a deed or a trust. And this gets to uh, joint, owners, joint ownership. Uh, basically, the owner or owners uh, arrange their transfer, um, future transfer by the agreement and basically say, we're going to be joint tenants, and that means you'll automatically take over my interest if you survive me. And they simply register that as required by law. Um, that, that somebody has uh, deceased. Uh, if it's done with a, a tangible asset, as we have talked about, uh, then it requires sometimes under state law some physical delivery or some other recitation, some contract or uh, a transfer that evidences the fact that you're giving this artwork to the museum or you're passing on uh, your tools and, and vehicles to your grandson. Uh, you know, sometimes you can do that by a simple contract that states uh, that you're making the transfer. That, that, that sounds great, and, and uh, that, you know, it brings up, you know, there, there's different ways of, of transferring property, and not once have I heard you talk about the value of property. 
uh, as adding to any complexity. In, in other words, you know, I haven't heard you say uh, that planning should be done only if you have a certain value of an estate. It, it sounds like that the complexity of, of somebody's, uh, of passing someone's estate after they pass away is completely dependent on the, the, the assets that they own, the types of assets, the types of property that they own, because that's what's going to determine what it takes to transfer the, that property to whoever they want to transfer it to. Is that, is that, am I hearing you right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I, I look at this as, as basically little tricks and traps that, that you can avoid for uh, yourself or for your donors to make sure that you stay in the right area. The value is a separate consideration. And, uh, you know, that I'm just thinking about doing this in the most practical, efficient way possible as opposed to uh, adding up the values and that, that being concerned about about that at this stage of the game. We're just looking at the possibilities here and how that rolls into the overall values, probably uh, subject for another conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Tom, I really appreciate it. It's been very helpful, and uh, I think it's the bottom line is, it sounds like, is uh, for all of the property, all the assets that somebody owns, they, they really need to look to see it the title, if there's if there's somebody else listed there, uh, you're determining what type of ownership that is, whether we're in a community property state, tenants in common, or joint tenancy, and and uh, really carefully considering where that property is going to go uh, after we pass away, and and what rights we have to to give those you know that property away. Uh, so I I appreciate your insight, and it's been very helpful today. Well, you're very welcome. I'm uh, I'm glad for people who are listening to this podcast. I hope they'll tune into others, and uh, we're we're here to help them in any way we can. Great, Tom. So, if if uh, somebody wants to to reach out to you and and uh, visit with you more, how can they how can they uh, get a hold of you? I think the uh, best way is to use my Thompson and Associates email, and that is T Cullinan. That is T C U L L I N A N at ceplan.com. Great. Thanks, Tom, and uh, uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Casey. Bye for now.